Hi everyone, I'm Susan Harrow, media coach, marketing strategist, and author of the best-selling book, Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. I'm also CEO of PRSecrets.com, and I want to welcome you to the Be A Media Darling podcast. Join us on BeAMediaDarling.com and PRSecrets.com, where you'll get free goodies and also the resources that we mention in each episode, as well as other delightful things that will help you shine in the media spotlight. On Work Your Story Wednesday, I'll walk you through specific nitty-gritty storytelling steps that you need to take in order to get noticed by the media, get invited to appear in the media, and my secrets to getting invited back. We'll also chat about the three P's, how to prepare, package, and position yourself before you even email or pick up the phone to pitch the media. Tune in every Wednesday for tips about how to pitch producers and editors so they email or call you back ASAP. I'm here today with Kent Youngstrom to talk about five ways artists can rock publicity and sell more art. So Kent is an artist, but he calls himself not the tortured kind. And he's also author of Be Something If You Want to Make Something, a new book, which is really fabulous for any of you out there who are artists or doing anything creative. Kent's on a mission to make the walls of your home office or secret lair as memorable as you are. And by the way, I have some of his work on our walls, and I can only say that I wish I had more wall space so I could have more of his paintings. But sadly, Kent, we only have a limited number of walls. That's not something I can increase in the house. He's also a teacher, so he offers workshops online and in person. He's in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I wanted to mention the trajectory of his career because we're going to talk about how he built his career and how he used publicity and collaboration to build it. So it went like this. He said one gallery show led to another and before long he was selling paintings to friends and family and a handful of local fans. And then local sales turned into national sales and then national sales turned into licensing deals. Bulk orders from CB2 came knocking. He then had flash sales at fab.com, guilt.com, and then pop-ups in People Magazine, which I'm going to ask you to explain because I don't even know what pop-ups are. Um, (laughs) And flattering attention from a couple of those home makeover reality TV shows. So he woke up one day and said, well, I guess I'm a full-time artist now. So you sure are. So what I wanted to talk about first is like how you started your first publicity and promotion collaborations. Like what were your first steps to do that? My first steps were to actually to take pictures of what I was doing in a professional way other than just, you know, this is what I'm doing in my garage or this is what I'm doing with my phone real quick or you know, camera phones first started coming out and all those things. I hired a friend who was a photographer and by hired, I mean, I gave her some artwork just starting out. I didn't have a big budget or anything to do anything. So we literally went around Charlotte and came up with a creative idea to just go into buildings that necessarily weren't pretty or good looking. And I made a small little catalog and we called it Art Makes Everything Better. It's not a word. So I had these wonderful pictures, but I still wasn't sure exactly what to do with them. So I made these little shutterfly books and I literally put them in manila envelopes and sent them to furniture companies that I thought might like to either sell my work or use it in their photo shoots for their catalogs or something like that. And I think I sent 12 or 15 off and I just heard back from one. So basically, I got 14 no's uh, and heard back from one, but it was about six months later. So that was really my first effort into sort of, boy, does anybody really want this stuff or like it? I know my friends say it's good or it should be here or should be there. And I liked it, but I wasn't really sure who else would or where to go. And that was my first step. 
So that's so great. So I love this idea of taking photos in situ, like outside or in vignettes or scenarios that make your work interesting versus just putting it up on the walls. And did you have in mind when you were doing this that you were like, I know I've seen some of your stuff where there's like a couch outside. Did Mm -hmm. you specifically do this photo shoot with furniture companies in mind? So you actually tailored the photo shoot so they could see what art looked like with their furniture? I did a little bit. And I've just starting out, I was trying to, I kind of made the mistake of trying to reach everybody all at once. And so there was a lot of just generic photography of a painting, you know, next to trash cans or in a back room of a storage facility or those kind of things, which probably in the end was good because it wasn't necessarily like all of the other marketing pieces where it was against the walls and those types of things. And I think probably got a little bit more attention, but I definitely went out with the mindset of make them look at it twice. In other words, what would make them sort of do a double take when they see the photo? And I think that it actually kind of worked pretty well. Yeah, I think that's super great. So for people out there who are thinking about targeting a particular audience or a particular type of publication or show, to be able to do a photo shoot and tailor your photos specifically to what they want, particularly because nowadays publicity is less about spray and pray, like doing super broad, sending out things and really personalizing your pitch via email. And, you know, even you now can, obviously, those were different times, right? Where now you can link to all of your art, your specific art or your specific Yeah, I don't have to make books anymore. You don't have to make those books. And in case people didn't know what Shutterfly is, I mean, they're like little photography albums, right? Yeah, yeah. It really was like a little family photo album, but it was just my art. And that was the only way I knew to sort of get it to these people. Sure. Sure. Um, it was hard copy, which is yeah. like just what we don't do anymore, right? Um, <laughs> right. And you can see some of what Kent has done. So we know because you're actually this is one of the I think I actually asked you, like, who's your photographer? How do you do your videos? Because they're so engaging and so lovely. And you can see them at experience.kent.com youngstrom.com and we'll have this information up on the blog at beamediadarling.com too and any of the resources that we talk about today so we'll have those links for you there but that's so you know since you're in a visual medium and you did this sort of unusual thing I think that set you apart from a lot of the other artists that I've, I've seen doing these like action photos like you're really gifted at doing stuff in action right you've done like a lot of videos of you painting and doing stuff in front of audiences Yeah, I think that one thing that I've always tried to keep in the back of my mind is, listen, there's hundreds of artists out there trying to get a buyer or the audience's attention. And some of them do wonderful work. And I admire and respect many of them. But at the same time, we're all kind of competing for the same wall space. And I can't necessarily compete by putting my painting up against behind a sofa with some flowers, just like everybody else would. So I'm trying to keep in the back of my mind of what would catch a buyer's or just a residential person or anyone's eye a little bit faster and show a little bit different, but also show my personality. I think one of the things when I first started was that I thought it was all about the product, the art and everything else. And I've come to realize that just as much as they're buying the painting, they're buying a little bit of me. And as hard as sometimes that is to want to express or want to put out there because we're not always confident in ourselves, that the more I put the story behind the paintings or my energy behind the paintings or what I was trying to do with the paintings in that photo shoot or in the description of the paintings or all those things, the more successful that line or that product launch is. 
You know, that's such a great point because I remember Burt Reynolds way long time ago, I think this is way long time ago, said people are more interested in me than my book or my movies, yeah. you know. So I think that it's always been that way. But I think in our culture, the shift for selfies and self-revelation is really at its peak right now. And so people do want to know behind the scenes and they want to know who you are and they want to know about your process as well as the finished product. So you've been creating these videos and then these stills, right, of you that really do show your personality with, I was just up on your website, like looking at, you know, you've got paint all over your body and you've got these great bracelets on and you're wearing some cool clothes and your hair sticking up. You know, I mean, it's all like, oh, that's Kent's brand. And I think it's so important what you're talking about, because that's the brand. The brand is your personality as much as what you're producing, right? Absolutely. And that almost leads to the collaboration part. And I've really tried, and there are so many companies that would be, you know, may carry my work, or I think it would be really cool to carry my work, but I've really concentrated and had the most luck with companies that I used or want to use. When I started working with CB2, one of the reasons I sent them my stuff was I have their stuff in my house. I like it. And for people who don't know what CB2 is, tell us what that is. CB2 is the modern line of Crate and Barrel's work. They have about 15 stores nationwide. Oh, so it's Crate and Barrel 2? It's Crate and Barrel 2, basically. uh It's just CB2. So I've been working for them for about six years, I think. The first painting I ever did for them, they ordered 300 of the same painting and had dimensional letters on it. But it ended up being the fastest selling piece of original art they'd ever had. It sold out in seven weeks. Wow. And you had to paint all 300 of those? I I did. In what amount of time? Um, I get about eight weeks per order from them. Uh Uh And since then, I've painted over 2,000 original paintings for them since I did that first set. So it's a great account. It can be a little monotonous to paint the same thing over and over again. (laughs) But I'll paint anywhere from 300 to 100 of the same piece. And they'll sell that in their catalog online or in their stores. That's fantastic. I love it. So I know people will be interested in, I want to get to the publicity in just a little, like how you got into people and reality TV shows. But I also think that people will be really interested in hearing about your collaborations and how you created those, because that's another way to get publicity. Like if you're working with someone in tandem, that sometimes what happens is then the person or the company that you're producing it for does the publicity for you. Like CB2, Carol 2 is sort of your in-house publicist in a way, because your paintings are always in their catalogs or online, right? So that's a sort of different avenue than publicity, but it's a, I would definitely call that publicity for you. Do they actually put your name in there too and say it's a painting by Kent Youngstrom? Absolutely. They actually put a complete paragraph in there with my name, a story behind the painting, and then my story as well. And each painting has my story on a sticker on the back of the painting as well. Did you decide to do that or did they... No, they have a program and many companies like CB2 now for those who make things for a living, creative things or with their hand. Companies like CB2, Crate and Barrel or those guys, they're yearning and wanting things that are handmade because that can differentiate them from the other companies who are making prints and knockoffs and things like that. So they've come up with a program called, um, they start off as one of a find, and now it's called Editions Limited. Uh And so they might have 100 candlesticks made by a woodworker in New York City or something like that, and each one is labeled with a sticker or a stamp or something to let you know that it was handmade. So there are several companies doing that now that you can sort of research and find, and they're always looking for things like that. And if they're not, you can approach them and suggest that, which is even better. 
I love that because this is more like organic publicity where you don't have to mm-hmm. be consistently out there all the time. I mean, since you've got them as an account, you've got consistent business from them. And then other people who are seeing the catalog, have you ever had people then call you up for other orders from the catalog? Absolutely. That was my first big sort of, I would say, publicity or sort of launch into the public world was to be in that catalog. And from then on, I could contact people and say, I was in this catalog, I was sold out. That didn't mean that they said, oh, we'd like to order something. But they would generally contact me back or say, not this time, but please send us your stuff for the next quarter or all those types of things. So once I got sort of the publicity of the CB2 and learned how that all worked... I was able to capitalize on that and use that with other collaborations. And honestly, I use collaborations as much to get work, paying work, but also to get the next job. I'm constantly looking for people who are maybe not in the same business as I am, but in a creative business. An example would be a clothing company. They may need artwork for surfboards or things like that and be able to contact them and say, I'm Kent. This is what I do. You may have seen my work here. Provide a link. Give them some praise. Tell them I've been sort of reveling in your work for some time now. And then sort of list, I saw it here. I saw it in this catalog or I saw it at a store. Be very specific and then say, I would love to work with you on something, anything, and sort of leave it at that and let them respond as to... I love your work. I don't know how we would do it. What do you suggest? Or, hey, yes, that would be great. I can give you a specific example that actually happened this week. I'm working on a a new project that I won't go into detail on, but it involves making paintings while I exercise with people. (laughs) Okay. What kind of exercise are you doing? Can you say? uh, Yeah. Specifically, I'm going to be making some paintings while me and some friends do some CrossFit exercises. Okay. Stuff that no one has done before, and I haven't even launched it out yet. But to do that, I would like to make a video of it being made. And I thought, great, the CrossFit community is huge. How do I get to it? So I wrote to a couple of companies who I like their clothing and said, hey, I'm going to do this project. And I made a web page showing examples of the paintings, some examples of how I would market and brand it. Would you be interested in having your clothing featured in the video? A few of them said no. A couple of them said we would, but not right now. We're pretty busy. The one that I actually really wanted to said, yeah, tell me the sizes of the people and we'll send them to you. Literally in three hours, they told me that. So there's a lot of no's, but somebody jumped at it. They loved the idea. And through that, once the video is made, it will go out to their email list, which is over 50,000 people. You know, mine is not quite that big. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> that is how I have sort of grown over the past few years is to collaborate with companies that way. Sort of approach them with, this is what I do. Here is my website, which I spend a lot of time managing the visual part of that. So that when a company can goes and looks at it, they say, this guy knows what he's doing. Well, we would like to be associated with that quality of image. How can we work with him? And that goes back to the very first part of you need to have something visual that makes you look impressive. Whether that's finding a friend who is an excellent photographer who you can trade work with or biting the bullet and saying, listen, I'm going to hire somebody to do that. Do I do some of my own images? Absolutely. But I don't do it with my two-cent camera. I bought the right stuff. I bought the right lens. I asked around. I learned. I took some classes. I experimented with it. So for me, especially in the visual industry, 
I need to have pictures of what I do other than just here's a quick photo from my phone of me painting. Yeah. I want to just unpack a couple of things that you said because you said sure. so, so much great things. But before I do, I wanted to ask you, like for the CrossFit video, even though the people turned you down, would you still wear their clothes so you could send that to them anyway, even though they didn't Absolutely. send you the sizes? Absolutely. There's a, specifically a shoe company that I really, really wanted to get involved with yeah. it. And I wear their shoes every day. They didn't say no. They said we were interested, but we're just so busy right now. We need to focus our attention on something else. And I wrote him back and said, that's fine. that's fine. I'll be certainly, I said, I'm going to send you a copy of the video anyway. Use it as you wish. Yeah. So I'm still going to mess up my shoes. So I'll have to buy another pair. Yeah. But it's going to be worth $100 or whatever it was yeah. if they jump on board. If not, I've got the coolest painted shoes in the gym. <laughs> well, I love that because that's sort of future marketing. Like somebody may have not have said yes, but you're going to feature whatever it is that you love in there yeah. anyway. So it's like setting the breadcrumbs to the yeah. palace, you know, in the future. And then the other things that you did that were really great that I want people to hear, because I get so many of these that are not that and they're so kind of offensive, is that when you contacted somebody, what you said, and you can clarify if I don't get this sure. exactly right, that you said, first, you know them really well. You write a note saying, this is what you love and you're very specific about it. So you say exactly what you love and why you love it. And then you offer an invitation to something very specific. In this particular instance, it was a video. You know, sometimes it's an invitation to use your paintings in whatever, like with the surfboard company, I just wanted to clarify, would mm -hmm. they have your art on the surfboard or would it be in the background of when you offered a collaboration, would it be on the surfboards or would it be in the background when they're, because you've got cool right. art and surfing is cool and this makes the surfboards even cooler. I, I leave it, unless I know specifically that they're looking for artwork, I kind of leave it open if possible. Yeah. It just depends on who I'm contacting. I tend not to, or at least try not to like see them online once and then just send them a letter. I like to look at, you know, spend 20 or 30 minutes at the, at the least sort of investigating, have they sold art before? Who runs their company? Going to LinkedIn and looking up a little bit, sort of finding out what they do, going and seeing if they have videos on Vimeo and those types of things. How do they work? And then from there, how would they work with me? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what I'm hearing you say is that you do a lot of this research. First, you're not approaching people cold. You really do your homework. You see if it's even a viable possibility. Then you let show them that you've investigated them. You offer an opportunity, whether it's open or specific, and then you leave it to them to connect back with you. And then do you connect back with them again? Like, would you follow up with something I like do. that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I try not to be sort of the junior hire bugging the girl all the time as uh -huh. far as like, well, you didn't answer me in 24 hours, <laughs> you sent you a new one. And wait, wait a minute, wait, one more thing to say. If you didn't like that, let me try this. I give them a while before I bug them again. And then how do you gently, what's your second email to them or your second touch for them? Generally, it would be something along the lines of, here's a second nugget of information or a photo I just shot with your company in mind. If you're not interested, no worries. Just thought I'd send it along. Mm, but mm -hmm. I never say anything like, hey, just seeing if you got the first message or, hey, since you didn't get back to me, if they didn't get back to me, they probably either age, totally forgot, have been so busy, or they're just not interested. And that's okay. Not everyone I send something to is going to call me back. Sometimes that's a little, you know, disappointing, obviously. But I try not to in any way sort of signify, you should have gotten back to me. You're a bad person. You're not putting any pressure on them. No, no You're pressure. You're leaving it open. I you always say no worries. So it's like if it's not the right fit or they're not interested, they it's graceful. 
Yes. And when you have the second touch, this is what Michelle Tennant calls goodies in PR, is that when you touch the second time, you don't say, did you get my thing? And what you say is, here's something else that might interest you. And that's what you're doing. You're saying, now I've created this other thing, and you're very specific about it. Here's something that I've created with your company in mind, which is great, which if we translated that to PR, it would be here, I've created this, or I have this for your audience. And I think they may be interested in it because this is what I've seen you do, or this is a program that you've had on that got a lot of response from your audience. So you have some way of showing that you're connected and you know their audience and you're showing why this might be of interest to their audience or a company in your case, right? Yeah. Would it help if I actually read the email? Yeah, I think it'd be great. And then you know what? Then what we'll do is we'll post this on the blog at beamediadarling.com so people can actually see it because I think that these are super helpful examples. All right. Here's what I wrote. Good morning. I'm Kent and I'm an artist, but not the tortured kind. I'm also a crossfitter, but I try not to tell everyone I meet. (laughs) I create one-of-a-kind paintings. You may have seen my work in CB2 on sales sites such as guilt.com, hanging out with the men of Grungy Gentlemen, or popping up in celebrity home photos in People magazine, all from my Charlotte, North Carolina studio. I'm writing today to send a puke bucket of appreciation in your direction. Warning, gushing praise straight ahead. I love what you're up to, and I've been reveling in your inspiring work since finding your product on Instagram and diving headfirst into your feed. Your inspiring brand prompted me to swing into your inbox with an ever-so-slightly ballsy request. I'm introducing a new series of paintings on CrossFit movements such as double-unders, burpees, slam balls, hand-release push-ups, and kettleball swings. To see what I'm RXing on, click here. And that link leads directly to the webpage I made specifically for this project. To launch the series and announce the first showing, I'll be filming a caffeine-laden, high-intensity, 45-second video of the jarring collision between art and repetitive movement. Athletes will perform with paint and sweat outside at sunset. You can see previous filming here. And there was a link to one of my previous videos. A mix of CrossFit and Canvas. I would love to be a contributor to your world of awesomeness by showing your shoes or other products in the video. We plan to shoot in early June and release the line of painting soon after. Would you be interested in CrossFit and Canvas? I promise to make it super easy for you. I'll work around how you work, not how I work. You can chime into your followers and friends and fans as much or as little as you would like. Foremost, I want this to be fun and pleasurable for you. If you think this is something your fans will obsess over, hit reply with a I be yes, and I'll get you the details over to you. Much like imams and recovery drinks, I'm inclined to believe we are better together. <laughs> so that's basically the letter. It doesn't say everything. It doesn't say the paintings will be fourteen ninety five, or I said as little as I could to get them enticed, and then hopefully they'll ask for more. If I tell them everything, they don't need to ask me for more information. That's right. You've teased them properly with fun language and showing that you know the product and you've got a great name for it. Was was it CrossFit yeah, and cross, Canvas? CrossFit and Canvas. Yeah, and um, I mean, it sounds... I mean, I don't even CrossFit, but I can't watch the <laughs> video, you know? I'm like, maybe I should be CrossFitting. It sounds like they've got good clothes and it's really yeah. fun. So, yeah, that's a fantastic letter. And we'll put it up at BeAMediaDarling.com because I'm encouraging you to copy Ken's letter with your own style. Like, you wouldn't use his language because that's his language. But you would use his 
ideas and the format and the flow and all of what he's included in that with your own personality and style, like what we were talking before. It's got to be your brand. That's Kent's brand. I don't talk like that. So, you know, I couldn't use that language, right? It's not me. I love it, but it wouldn't be right coming from me, right? And same for you. You want to use your own languaging, but Kent's got all the elements in there with the no pressure, with telling exactly what you're up to and the link. So you can now, obviously, the media is always very keen to see what you're talking about and therefore they can check you out. And another thing that you said earlier that I just want to reemphasize, Kent, is that your images need to be professional and really represent you and the feel of you. And Ken's in a visual medium, so that's super extra important. So he's got professional photographer, professional equipment if he does it himself. And all of the videos are so well-made and so exciting. I mean, I've watched a lot of them over and over again, actually, wishing that that person who helped you there was here (laughs) in my area because I don't know anyone like that and I wish I did. So those kinds of things, if you're in a visual medium or you're representing yourself in that way is incredibly important, but it's also incredibly important to the media that you have professional photos of you in action and headshots and those kind of vignettes for whatever you're doing that represent yourself, your business, your business book, product, service, or cause, that all of those photographs look gorgeous, you know, so they can see that you're a professional and that they can see that you're credible because that's one of the things that once you've gotten their interest, they check you out. If you don't pass that part, if they don't think you're a credible expert, then you've lost them. And I know it's the same for a business, for this cross companies or CB2 or whatever. If you wrote a great letter and they went to your website and they're like, ooh, (laughs) disappointing, right? Yeah, then it's not going to happen. So it's got to be your bravado and your, your brashness and your, and I like that you said, what do you say, kind of ballsy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, which is really funny. You know, I like. Yeah, I mean, it. sometimes I mean that in this instance that was appropriate. Sometimes I'll say kind of forward. You know, I mean, use the language right appropriately. Would I send that to like a furniture company? Probably not. Right. But you know, this is a company that makes clothes for people that are active, and I know the owner is a guy, and that's part of the research. Right. And that's part of being, you know, like you said, if they click that link and it's just some bad blog where I'm taking some bad photos and putting on there, they're not going to respond where they would, where they can see, wait a minute, this guy has worked with other companies before, or all those things. Even if you haven't worked with companies before, if you're just starting out, that doesn't mean take a picture of everything you've ever done. One of the best things you can do is just have one page with two or three good photos. That's fine. You don't have to have 400 good photos and nine videos and, you know, a link to your mom's chicken soup recipe. You just need one or two good photos of what you do. Let them want more. It was the best advice my dad ever gave me when dating is always leave them wanting more. Now I use it in business. If I tell them everything or show them everything, they have no reason to call me back. Give them a reason to call you back or contact you. That doesn't mean leave the time off if you're telling them to meet you somewhere. That means just give them a little taste of what you're trying to get them to do and see if they'll take the bait. Yeah, that's super. So, by the way, this format that Kent just used for the CrossFit people is totally viable for a pitch letter to the media. You know, it's exactly the same format. So it's a great example that will be up on BeAMediaDarling.com. And you can see what we're talking about in Kent's experiences at experience.kent.com youngstrom.com and we'll have that at being a media darling as well and we'll also have a link to the crossfit 
that CrossFit page so people know what you're talking about. If you want to, if you have it handy and you want to say it now, you're welcome to, but we'll for sure put it on viamediadarling.com. I will have to get that to you, actually. I'll put a link on the site, too. So Yeah, that's super. So we'll we'll put it in the blog post. So let's talk about, I know you wanted to talk about collaboration. I don't know if you have anything more to say about that before we jump into publicity and how you got in, like, People Magazine and uh, the reality TV shows. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, just the thing about collaboration is that you have to go into it expecting that you are not going to work with everyone, that their timing is going to be different than yours, and that you're going to have to be adaptive and work how they want to work. Just because I work with company A one way doesn't mean that it's going to work with company B that way. So I need to be flexible. I'm the one that needs the work or wants the work or wants to use them as my marketing or my PR. So I need to be flexible for that. It doesn't mean that I have to give in to their every whim and to succumb to make my life miserable. It just means that I need to be flexible and willing to work in a way that they're used to working. They have lots of companies they want to work with, and the easier you are to work with, the more likely you're going to continue that relationship. Be yeah. easy. So your whole book, Author of Be Something, If You Want to Make Something, is really about the business of being an artist, as much as inspiring you to actually do your art or whatever creative field, any kind of creative visual artist, any kind of, what do you call them? What did you say? Makers or yeah, people that make things yeah, for people thing who make and try things. to sell them. It's a book full of advice on the practical as well as inspirational side of making a living as an artist or living as someone who makes things. So that's something that Kent has on his website too at experience.kentyoungstrom.com. Let's go into how you, when you say pop-ups in People Magazine, do you mean you just popped up? I mean, what, yeah. what does that mean? That means that I've been around doing, I guess, this for long enough that sometimes my stuff just shows up places where I don't expect it. People Magazine did a feature on celebrities and their homes, and one of the people they featured was Wendy Williams from the talk show, and she had one of the CB2 love paintings in what she called her favorite room. And she was standing there right next to it. And I got a bunch of calls from all my friends saying, I think your painting is in People Magazine. And sure enough, it was. Oh, so you didn't even have to do any publicity. It was just somebody who owned your painting. Wendy Williams owned your painting. It was in her house. So how did you use that great placement in People Magazine to get more business? So, you know, obviously I did a standard blog post and putting on Instagram and all those kind of things. But I'm able to use that in my introduction letter. And it's sort of a mysterious, just like you didn't know what a pop-up was in People Magazine. I don't have to explain exactly what it was. It really was just a placement. Almost dumb luck, if you want to call it that way. That doesn't mean that I can't utilize it and say that it was in there in my introduction letters and things like that. It was definitely in there. So if they go and look, it was. I don't have to say my art was in a small little piece in People Magazine. Oh, my goodness. Yay. <laughs> but do you I link to it? Do you, do you link just, to it for your site? Sometimes I do. It just depends on the letter and if I want them to see... You know, would the clothing company necessarily be impressed by it being in Wendy Williams' home? Maybe not. So I didn't link it in that case. The mm-hmm. fun furniture show or, you know, maybe I'm trying to get another celebrity to buy a painting or something like that. I definitely would use it that way. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for some of the reality TV shows. Going back to the CB2 question where you asked, do other people call because of that? Yes. Everywhere that I get my work is another opportunity for someone else to see it. A couple of the reality shows, they all have what they call like their buyers. So when you see the designer on TV saying that they put this there or they purchased this piece of art or they purchased this sofa, it really is somebody in a back room 
coordinating all of these things so that the designer can say they did it. And those people need to call vendors and artists and companies and things like that. And I've gotten several calls from them saying, hey, can we use your painting in a room for this? And all I really have to do is say yes and sign off on it. Because anything on the show, they have to have permission to use. So they already have the, they already they have, may the have it or they may be asking, can we use it if we buy it at CB2 or would you paint us one smaller or larger? I also have my work through licensing deals with different companies. And so sometimes I'll just be watching TV. If I'm watching Home and Garden or some of the other home improvement shows, I may just see my painting on a wall and have no idea it was going to be there, which is kind of cool, actually. Yeah. And then do you actually get those clips and put them on your website? I do, yeah. Or sometimes the various companies that I work with will tag some of those images in their social media or on their websites and I can pull them off there or link to there and do those types of things. And then do you put them on Instagram and on your newsletter and things like that? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you do it on all your social media when that happens? Yeah, I usually do. I usually probably space it off between one or two days to do that and then try to, you know, if it's an on home and garden and that show then comes up the next day, I'll link to the show and those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that all in one place on your website where somebody could click through on all of those links? I believe it is in the collaboration section. Interesting. Yeah. Question I think that artists would want to know is when you are tapped by a TV show and they say, we want to use one of your paintings, but we need it in a different size. Could you paint it for us? Do they pay you for that? Or is that something that you should not ask to be paid for? Um, I've done both. I've done it where if it's on like a show, like a sitcom, where they would have, let's say you're on, I don't know, think of a show. Who knows? Let's say you're on House of Cards and they want your painting for the Oval Office. I don't know why they want my modern art. Yeah, that would be great. They do, we're turning the Oval Office into a modern room. Yeah. What they do is they pay you per episode that it is seen in. So they will say, can we use your San Clemente Pier painting? It'll be on five episodes. We pay. And they'll usually tell you what they pay. And you either say yes or no. And since most of the time it's just a print if it's on those TV shows, I'm not doing anything anyway. So I just sort of agree to that. Some of the other shows, how it works is that they will buy it from whoever your licensed company is. And then I'll end up getting a royalty from that company. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to answer this, but I think that people might be interested in it. But if it's too personal, no worries. Um, mm. Can you say a range of what a typical payment might be to be on the show? Because I mean, so On the shows, they're not a whole lot. It's literally a couple hundred dollars an episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the artwork just because they have a set budget. And so your little painting, I mean, think about it. They're probably paying the sofa company, the knickknack company, and all those types of things. Yeah. It's not a huge thing. But at the same time, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting at home. Sure. Getting a little bit of extra money doing that. Yeah. It's sort of, we call it mailbox money. Yeah. Is that something that you would pursue? Would you actually pursue like shows as part of your publicity campaign? Would you I have, go to shows um, that you like and say this would be perfect in this room that they show all the time, like the bedroom or like the bedroom, at, even though, you know, obviously right. House of Cards isn't a modern. It's right. <laughs> right. So that's not your ideal market, no, but not, another but one where they do have like a modern loft or something like that. Would you connect with them and say, do you want to use my paintings in your what I have done in the past is I've gone on to LinkedIn, and if you type in buyer, or we'll get you like all the furniture buyers, but if you type in the search set designer or set buyer, you can find all of the Hollywood set buyers. And I have put together a specific catalog for them that I can send 
either if they connect with me on LinkedIn or if I can get their email address. And it sort of specifically says that my work is available for sets and things like that. It's hard to sort of contact, you know, who do you contact at House of Cards? There's no like phone number for House of Cards. So you have to find the person that is actually buying that art. And the only way I know to do that is sort of through LinkedIn and doing those searches. Mm -hmm. And then I just put one catalog together and it's on my site. So I can send them a, a link to that. And that's sort of a side note for people who are sending visual things. Most companies don't want you to send large attachments to your emails. And if you do, a lot of those are blocked. So you'll want to put your images that you want them to see in a specific link that if you want them to see image A, they should go directly to that. Don't just link it to your website and hope that they click around and find it. Absolutely not. And also, that is exactly the same for the media. They, most of them will never open attachments, so you no. need to be invited. So you just link to your yep. your visuals and the specific links. Yeah, that's a good point. That never just to your website. It's to the specific images that you want them to see or a specific page with all of those images on it. Right. Yeah. yeah so I have several pages that if I just send you to my website, you would never see because they're not part of the general flow. But if I need someone who's in the movie industry to see that, I have those links saved and can send that to them. Sure. And they can pop around. Hopefully, they go to that page and then they pop around the rest of the site. Right. But I specifically want them to open image A the first time they click. Right. Absolutely. So we're talking more, a little bit more about internal publicity, like using LinkedIn and social media. Do you mm -hmm. have, and then we're going to jump to traditional media too, but so you've talked a little bit about how you do research on LinkedIn and send people very targeted and very specific emails. How else have you used social media and then talk about the results that have come from your social media connections or somebody seeing something on mm -hmm. Instagram or connecting with you on LinkedIn and how that's worked? I have all of these. I'm going to guess I call them standard social medias. I have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I use Instagram the most because it is visual and I use it just as much to find other people as I do for people to find me, if that makes any sense. I would say that my number one way of collaboration is probably finding people that are similar or things that I like on Instagram. So tell us about a time when you found somebody on Instagram and did a collaboration that resulted uh, in sales. The company that I sent the clothing letter to, I did. I found them first on Instagram uh -huh. and sort of dug into their feed and then when I wrote them, I said, listen, I found you guys on Instagram. Here's my feed as well. And that's why I keep my feed up. It's not necessarily I'm hoping to sell the black and white painting that I posted today because I don't really sell a lot that way. I don't have a ton of people contacting me and say, hey, I saw this painting. Is it still for sale? It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But really, I'm posting... I try to post a picture a day, except on the weekends, because I don't need to be working on weekends. So five times a week, and I usually post in the evening because that's when I feel like I get the most people to see it. But I really concentrate on posting a great picture that shows product, my brand that we talked about before, the studio sort of behind the scenes or something like that. So if you were to not want to go to my website or if you were searching for somebody on Instagram and you were able to go through my feed, you would be able to, within one or two thumb flicks, see enough pictures that you would get not just what I do, but me a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And it really does oh. represent you. So, so you don't do most direct, really direct sales from social media? It's more supporting of your credibility and sort of showcasing fun and exciting things about you and your work? 
I do. And that's basically because my business model is different than some artists. Some people sell directly, some artists or makers sell directly to the general consumer, whether that be directly or through art shows or venues like that. I sell most of my work through other companies or other sites. And so I'm constantly trying to keep that up. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Have you done any traditional media? What would you define as traditional media? So you getting into your local paper in Charlottesville or any Mm -hmm. local TV shows or any national TV shows where you're actually being featured and talk about your work and they show your work, either in publications, radio or TV? Right. I have not done a lot of that. And it doesn't mean that that's not good or not bad for me. I find that I have spent most of my energy on the collaboration side, which then does the PR for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Now, I have, my work has been on, like when it was on the, uh, some of the Hohen Garden shows, I did, you would ask me earlier if they pay you, you can actually pay them to feature you on the site when they're on the show. So I did that a couple of times. You pay them to get your yeah. Up so you can actually, you can actually do that if they approach you and say, "Hey, we would like to feature your artwork on our wall in this home makeover show." You'll also get a link where you can pay them, and they will feature it on the site when that show is launched on their website. You're not paying for it being on the show. You're paying for it for the link on their website. Exactly. So, can get so to you. As, oh. as you're watching that show on the left-hand side, they'll have ads or links to the products that they're showing. Uh-huh. And so you can pay for those if you'd like. And so do you find no that to be effective to help your, to um, grow your business? I just did it the one time. And to be honest, it wasn't that effective. But that was when I first started. So I don't know... I'm not going to say I did it the right way or the wrong way, or I even tracked it, to be honest with you. Okay. So if I had the opportunity again, I would probably do it and do it a little bit differently where, you know, this was before I had an Instagram account and a Facebook and all those types of things where I could have launched it over several areas and sort of really Mm -hmm. promoted it well. Do you ever contact the media via social networks, via social media? I have a little bit, but like I said, I have spent most of my time sort of collaborating with these companies and then letting them do the media piece. Sure. And that's a great, that's a great strategy, by the way. I mean, one that, you know, is a really wonderful thing because now you're in all of these different catalogs. And I saw you on guilt.com as well in your collaboration with Alex Franzen, who wrote the words to your mm-hmm. paintings and you did that. Was that fab.com or guilt.com for that uh, one? Both. I did it on both with you her. You did it on both. Yeah. yeah. On both. I try not to spread it onto too many sites because it seems to just sort of go everywhere and then nobody wants it as far as like it's just the same thing repeated on all the sites. Sure. But an example would be CB2 sent me to their New York store to do a little signing a couple weeks ago for some Mother's Day prints. And so again, I worked with them and they did the media buy. They they put it into their blog on their site. They put it into the local, uh, I think some local outlets and things like that. Again, I sort of leveraged my working with someone else and let them that yeah, so they're doing the publicity for you, which is, they are doing which the is fantastic. Yeah. So one last question for you, actually, too, is you have a saying, get off the couch, show up on time, work your backside <laughs> off and surprise somebody. So what do you mean by surprise somebody? What I mean by surprise somebody is do more than they think that you would. As an artist, I'm constantly batting the notion that artists are late. Artists change their mind. Artists do what they want to do. I ordered it in red he's probably going to bring it to me in blue. Those are all kind of things that you, whether it's true or not, people think artists are going to be difficult to work with. So I'm generally fighting an uphill battle. 
And so anything I can do to surprise them as far as being on time, painting what I said I was going to paint, maybe throwing in something a little extra, having it clean when it arrives, having the packaging being nice, all of those things that you don't necessarily expect surprises people. Sometimes people order a signed copy of the book. I send them two with a note that says, read one and pass one on. Do I do that to everyone? No, that wouldn't make business sense. But anything you can do to surprise someone, and that doesn't mean that because I'm an artist, I'm going to surprise you with my painted jeans or my blue hair or (laughs) my tattoos, which I really don't have a lot of, or any of those things. I don't mean surprise them by the way you look. I mean surprise them by the way you act, how you serve them, what you provide for them. If they're going to pay that much money for something that I make, I better surprise them a little bit. It better be signed. It better have a note that goes with it. I better be appreciative. I better make sure that if I told them it's going to be there on Tuesday, it's there on Tuesday, if not Monday. That's what I mean by surprise people. Yeah, and I used you did that with me. You gave me posters and the painting, you know, and I was like, oh my God, I get posters too? I was so, it was like, you know, kid in the candy store. It was very, very exciting. And you signed them and numbered them. And yeah, and it's not something yet. that, it doesn't have to be something large. I didn't have to send you two giant paintings. No. It's just something that, you know, even if you're making something and you can have little handmade note cards or something that you can throw in one or two or things like that that just show that you're thinking of them as a person just as much as a client, that's surprising. Excellent. Excellent. Well, on that note, I just want to thank you so much for sharing all of your great ideas and particularly focusing on your really interesting and creative way to do collaborations that gets publicity for you. And we will have, as we promised, that really fun letter that you wrote to the CrossFit company up on BeAMediaDarling.com. And then also we'll have all of the links that we promised with Kent's book, be something if you want to make something and also his link to his website which is experience.kentyoungstrom.com thank you so much for hanging out with us kent and sharing all of your great knowledge for people who are any kind of maker and also this is translatable even if you're not an artist i mean you talked about things that were really fantastic for anybody who wants to do publicity and collaboration and make their website beautiful so when media does come to check you out that you measure up And so they actually use you. So I think you gave some terrific advice on that as well. Well, thank you very much for having me. And yeah, just make it simple, make it fun and enjoy what you do. People will understand that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hop on over to BeAMediaDarling.com for any of the resources that we mentioned in this episode and also for free goodies. You'll also find over there some surprises because I would love to be able to delight you. Thanks so much for listening to the Be A Media Darling podcast with me, Susan Harrow. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And remember, speak your mind, stand your ground, sing your song. I look forward to meeting you.